Welcome to Shrink Wrapped, episode nine. I'm Allison Colorosi here with my husband, Dr. David Colorosi, and we are here to answer listener questions and my questions, mostly mine. I'm looking forward to it. So we're so that we're changing format back to the original, which is just you give me questions that I'm not prepped for. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And and there it is still gonna I think it's still gonna go on a podcast. Yeah. So if you don't want to look at us, you can get this on podcast or wherever you find your podcast. Okay. All right. Shoot. Okay. Here you go. So my first question, which I. Feel like is really important is what is happening with all of these divorces <laughs> glennon doyle rachel hollis jen hatmaker you mean like the it, so you said so i did a video about jen hatmaker and you were saying that they all live in austin and i yeah. didn't think that they had all lived in they all live in austin they all live in austin i feel like they're all part of the same writing community jen hatmaker was definitely at rachel hollis's conference and um glennon doyle um, they both talk about have been on both of their podcasts. Right. Okay. Glennon Doyle, Glenn Doyle's gay and got divorced like years ago, like 2016. So she's not part of the like current trend. Or, or, well, here's what I will say is that everybody, so I did a video about Rachel Hollis and in the comments, everybody goes, I bet you she read Glennon Doyle's book. Untamed. Which I, Untamed, which I thought was pretty depressing. You thought it was depressing. Yeah. And everybody's like, is she convincing everybody to, to head out of their relationships? Yeah. What so I'm wondering. And I'm like really surprised about Jen Hatmaker too. And I, okay, two things. Is it happening because people hang out with each other too much during COVID and they can't run away? And they're like, I need to get away. Okay. Well, okay. I don't, I know everybody, I know like the social media is ablaze about it, but I don't think so. For these, for Rachel Hollis, for Jen Hatmaker, for these that people uh, in that community to get divorced, it's a major hit to their to their business, their approach to life, their brand. Like I don't think it's a rush decision. It takes like it take it's a it takes time to get divorced. Yeah. These people are, in order for them to do this, they I think they are suffering in their relationships. It feels it feels like it's out of nowhere to us because they're, they're not going to say you know like you know back in March hey things are going really badly I don't know if I can be with this guy anymore but I'm going to try and stick it out right? they're not going to give you the warning it goes from it's great or we tell people it's great to we're out yeah I can't you know what it's really hard for me because every time like a new announcement of divorce happens especially from that community in particular. It makes my heart hurt. Why? I don't, I don't know. Why does it bother you? I know it bothers you, and I know it bothers other people, but I guess I, I don't think I totally understand why it... Like, to me, I just go, it's a shame. It, it doesn't change the value of what they were talking about. I, I feel bad for them. I don't understand. Can you explain the... Like, why such distress? I think it does change like to me it changes the value of what they're talking about because like we I was like looking up to their relationships Jen Hatmaker was like so funny about her relationship with Brandon they have five kids um like in every book of, of mess and moxie for the love like all of it I mean she talks about like like issues in their marriage but how they you know like what you need, I don't know. I guess why is it different? 
Why is the impact for you so different than if your friend were to get divorced? You've had friends that got divorced. Why do you care? So, why is it so much more uh, impactful? Just because you looked up to them? Yeah, and I feel like they they made me think. I I, I actually hope that the listeners can describe what I'm feeling because I cannot. Let's move on. I really I can't. Think the reason why I'm pushing it because I think it would be valuable for the listeners to uh, talk about it. I don't know. I I feel like it's because you know they were super intentional and they you know she got Rachel Hall's got up every morning and was like. I'm an excellent wife or an exceptional wife. And like they seem on their morning show, they seem like they had so much fun. And then they said, you know, and I was like, well, we all want that relationship with our spouse. Yeah. So I, I, I think if I'm just hearing what you're saying, I think that there's, it's two things. One, you feel a little bit betrayed because they said it's going to, that our relationship is going well, but, but maybe, but more than, more than the shock of it all, it's the idea that they apparent they devoted their lives really to having an exceptional relationship. They both put a lot of energy and effort into it. They showed, they demonstrated on social media, in their books, they talked about it in their conferences, that they have uh, demanded an exceptional relationship, they've pursued it, and they've achieved it. So you, you audience, you should listen to us. And then to find out that they weren't able to maintain the exceptional relationship means for you, well, if I'm just an average woman, how can I possibly maintain an exceptional relationship? If they can't do it, then maybe exceptional really isn't out there. Yeah. Right, well, I, I don't. I'm, I'm getting. That's, that's what I think you're saying. Is that right or no? Does that feel right? Yeah, that feels right. And um, and I feel like I'm ready to move on past this topic. <laughs> I guess that's it. I, she probably had something really good to say, but we're done with that one. Okay. I just have Elise in the back of my head being like, who are these people? <laughs> we, my my sister-in-law listens to this, but she does not like Rachel Hollis. And so every, every, it seems like every episode we're talking about Rachel Hollis and she's like, can we wrap it up and move on to a different discussion? So she's in the back of my mind. All okay. Right, go ahead. So here's another question, um, which pertains to I feel like a lot of people. So how do you build connection with family members when you feel like they trigger you? This is going to be coming up during the holidays, but I feel like a lot of people want better relationships with their parents or better relationships with their siblings, but they like for some reason based on their history, they get triggered by them. How do you move past that in adulthood? Can you, can you define triggered? Like the, it, the trigger some kind of emotional reaction that they don't like that they can't well, control? Like, I feel like sometimes I am less generous like emotionally or with with patients with my family members than I would be strangers because like they're triggering me how do I I agree, <laughs> I, agree. I know but like she I talks to her family every single I think every single day but half of them are you guys are yelling at each other yeah how do I make that better I think it helps if you have your husband yell back at you stop yelling that does, does not that, does that help does that not doesn't add value is that a good question it's a good question. I don't know if I know the answer to it. You're, you're, you're being triggered. I think you're being triggered because there is years and years and years of a past relationship or dynamic. And so when, you know, you, you have your story for what your relationship is like with each of your family members. And so when you enter new interactions with them, you're, you're sort of 
playing that within the background, this bigger story, right? And so it's hard to have, if you think about just like a normal story that you might read, it's hard to have a main character act in a way that doesn't fit the previous, right, the rest of the book. And so every time you are on the phone and someone says something, you're fighting. Like, so for example, one fight that I hear a lot about is around food in your family, right? You're fighting years of people's behavior around that or discussion around that, not the specific yeah. conversation. Yeah. And so you're, you may be more reactive than yeah. could be warranted. For the average guy just hearing the conversation, they're like, you know, I'm like... No, but I feel like everyone is like... like I have friends that are like... I would, I've been around them with their parents and I'm always shocked at how they talk to their parents. Yeah. And, or, you know, or siblings talk to each other. And I'm wondering, how do we, like, in general, if you find family members or certain relationships triggering, but you want to move past that, how do you do that? Okay, I have two, th I have two thoughts. Okay. I have a better answer. I think I have a better answer. You tell me if this is better. Okay. And I have two thoughts. Here's why I'm conflicted about it. My first answer is you should have perspective. You should think about, you know, Here's the sad thing. If you think about your parents or your family members, you know, especially if your parents live far away, you only have X number of meetings or interactions with that person before they pass away. You, there, is a, there is a very real timeline that you're operating on. And if you were to think to yourself, you know, I'm only going to meet with this person 18 more times. How do you want to spend those 18 times? You need to have perspective and you'd go, you know what? Yelling about them about their how they're eating is probably less important than creating a close connection with them because I'm only going to see them 18 or 17 more times. Do you know what I'm saying? You, you, only, you have to have, if you think about like if your parents have 10 more years to live and you see them three times in a year, right? That maybe there's 30 more visits that you have with that person. How do you have perspective around how you want to have that relationship look? And I think that's true even for your siblings. You have to have perspective around how, what's the brand that you are the kind of reputation or the impact you want to have with your family. And I think if you have that perspective, it, it can help you sort of step out of the weeds a little bit and behave more intentionally. That's my first, that's my first thought about how would you change it? Mm -hmm. The other side of it is I think there are probably people that are listening that have very real um, issues with their family members. And I don't think that, um, because their family members might have a shortened timeline, right? You're not going to be around forever. I don't think that means that you. I don't think that means you have to dishonor your feelings, right? If you were mis, if you were mistreated, it's your right to protect yourself and interact differently with that family member, even though it may rub them the wrong way and even though it may feel bad for them. You have the right to protect yourself, even if it means that that relationship won't be, you know, the perfect relationship. So I think you have to sort of decide what bucket you're in. Um, but the trick would be to interact intentionally. But so in the moment, have let's, perspective. Let's, let's, let's get in there in the moment Yeah. when you feel like, like, okay, here's an example. Let's bring up my sister. Oh, I feel your like, sister listens to this. I know she'll, she'll appreciate it. Cause I Thanks. feel like she probably feels the same way. She pokes at me like, like how do I like just not care? And be like, I'm gonna like time limited. I don't talk to her very. I am not certain that your sister is intentionally poking at you. I think she may behave like your sister's be your sister behaves, and because of your relationship with her, you interpret it one way that maybe somebody else may not. Like you don't. Is that like I don't? Like with her poking, I don't even know. I don't think she pokes me. But if it right, because I don't have that history. Mm-hmm. 
Do you think your sister thinks that you poke her? Do I poke her? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but you don't mean to. All right, go ahead. What else we got? Or you want to, are, are we? No, I, I don't feel like we've meshed, we've gotten this okay. out. I, I feel like I like my perspective answer, no? I, no, I think the perspective is good, but like, what do you do in the moment? You just be like, how do you forget that they're like, how do, I, I, you just. Um, yeah, okay, like a tactical, like how do you actually in the moment? Uh, I think you have to be aware of what you're feeling and, and be intentional about taking time and I'm like, I, like what I want to say is take a deep breath, go to the bathroom, breathe, think about it, right? Like separate yourself from the, from the interaction. That's way easier said than done. But that's really what you want to try to do is in the moment when you feel yourself getting upset, find a way to, to separate yourself enough that you can intellectualize the interaction and decide how you want to act. So that could mean that you go to the bathroom and take a break. It could mean that you go and make yourself a coffee, whatever, find some way to breathe process it and decide how you want to act as a for, as opposed to just letting your emotions dictate your behavior because that's the nightmare is when you're letting your emotions drive everything and you're not in control i got a good idea right now okay. i have a good idea um what if so like in the Wait, moment what happened to my that wasn't a good idea no but i mean i feel like that's like <laughs> everyone would say that okay my idea is different okay okay so my idea was is to think like think about gratitude during the interaction so like I get poked, but I could be like, well, she's taking the time to talk to me. She flies out here to from all yes. the way from across the world to see me. Yes, good she's, answer. She has a really good outfit on. Yes, typically. Yes, you know. And just as a side note, you have like the world's most loving family. <laughs> I know. Like on the spectrum of like your family couldn't be the only. Your family's biggest problem is too much love. Okay. <laughs> We're aggressive like, in our love. Yeah, yeah, they're aggressive in the very love. <laughs> okay. Um, so next question. Um, okay, so I listened to a TED Talk this week um, um, on a podcast, um, and her name is Esther Pearl. She's a marriage and family therapist that is, I guess, pretty famous. So maybe you've read her work. I haven't read her work, but I know. I know. I mean, I know the name, and okay. I know that I was supposed to listen to that podcast, but I did not. Well, this could be a short answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious. About, I, I, she has a podcast also called Where Do We Begin? And she is, she basically, you get to hear her in action in a marriage and family um, situation. So you get to actually listen to that's, a therapy that's, session. Uh, that's cool. It is cool. And that's I, cool and super uh, brave of her. Like, I think a lot of, it's easy for therapists to be like, oh, well, this is how I do therapy, right? But to actually do it and be willing to have people listen to it. Well, and she hold, and, and the one I listened to, she was like holding the dude accountable. And I was, I was like, I was impressed because I didn't like the guy. Like, anyway, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> she is brave and she's famous and she talks about relationships. So, um, she does, I think, like, she started out with marriage and family therapy because relationships really interested her. And then she got into, like, um, sex therapy, too. But she, her parents survived the Holocaust, and she talks about their relationship and how, like, relationships were kind of, like, based on survival and um, why 
why people are so dissatisfied in their marriages now is because they they people now believe it's not just about like survival of the family it's mostly like survival of the family but also like they want they want security and they want passion and they want their soulmate and and that one you can't be everything to one person Mm -hmm. and i don't know why that felt depressing to me but it did like i can just because i want like a good marriage that doesn't mean i can have passion in my relationships well i guess what's her solution does she have a she's saying it takes a village like you should there wasn't there wasn't a solution just like one person can't be everything to you I, well, that is depressing. I mean, I don't. I guess I don't understand. I'd have. I agree with her, kinda. Like, I think that uh, you know, a hundred years ago or even fifty years ago, expectations were different, um, and so there were people that would stay in marriages that to that to today standards, um, you know, wouldn't be that viable, or you wouldn't want to be in there, right? Mm-hmm. I think that standards have changed. People do expect more um, out of each other, but to me, that's a good thing. And I think it does push the relationships to be better. I, I, when you, I don't, I have to listen to her, but it sounds a little bit like she's saying, your expectations are higher now, so you need to outsource, you know, all the things that you want, you should outsource and get those needs met because your partner can't possibly meet all those needs. But she was saying that, um, that like the reason relationships are so hard now is before there was like roles and like, you know, people had definite roles and now people don't have definite roles in relationships and so it's really muddied um so that was another point i guess i just don't i guess i don't know what her i think she's right i just don't know what the angle is like because here's what it sounds like to me is uh 50 years ago people had different expectations and as a result of those different expectations people stayed in relationships longer even if they were bad relationships and I agree. I think mean, a lot of times people stayed in relationships because that's what you were supposed to do. And for financial reasons or for child rearing reasons, they stayed together. So things have changed. There's more nuance now. But to me, that's a good thing. We want people to have higher expectations. We want people to demand more. And I don't think that having super clear, this is my role, this is your role, um, boundaries in a relationship should be mandatory, right? I think relationships that have more flexibility around that, I think that's healthy. Um, and I think she's right that that can't, that makes things more complicated. And so, uh, so I like look at it and go like, yeah, you're right. But I I guess I'm wondering, well, what did we do about it? I don't know the answer to that. That thing you're supposed to know the answer to. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is, uh, let me see what is, what the, the the answer is to give yourself here's the answer is to give yourself more grace or, or the answer is to expect difficulty be okay with your relationship being challenging it's supposed to be challenging it's supposed to be hard if you want an exceptional relationship you have to work at it it's going to be difficult it's not just going to be right it, it, but i guess the, the one thing that she kept saying or like people are bailing on relationships that aren't bad they just think that there's more out there. The grass is greener and they, and is, um, is, I get, I don't know. Is that a good thing? Like, is the grass always greener? 
for no. a short time, right? I, I don't. I don't <laughs> think the grass is always greener, and that's an interesting thought that people want more, so they're they're more likely to bail and look for something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that's such a, I, I guess that's a risk of it. I still think it's healthy to expect a lot in your relationship. I should listen to. I'll, I'll listen to her book or her podcast. We'll come back on that. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us today. Mm-hmm. That's all our questions. Um, appreciate it. This will be up on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please like and subscribe on YouTube. And this was fun. Thank you. It was fun. Thank you. <laughs>